This show is for every woman who has accepted pain and discomfort as inherent to being a woman, or who has denied any part of themselves to make it or feel accepted. Women of reproductive age have been left out of a lot of research because our bodies and our hormones are considered too complicated. What is worse is this idea trickles down to education, leaving most women with very little information about how their bodies work. Not only are we not taught how our bodies work, but once you start asking questions, it is surprisingly difficult to find answers. I believe that every woman deserves to know how her body works, to recognize when symptoms arise, and to feel confident in her inner voice. Because the pain, the mood swings, and the hormones are not your problem. They're your body's messengers. I am here to confront and change narratives around being a woman, being hormonal, and yes, PMSing. I'm your host, Brianna Villegas, and welcome to My Hormone Rants. Hey, hey, welcome back. I polled my Instagram audience to find out which symptoms are just the most frustrating, the most annoying. So this month I want to focus on symptoms, and today we're going to be talking about cravings the week before your period cravings can feel super intense and sometimes impossible to ignore and like it's just a matter of time before your willpower gives out this can be particularly difficult if you're trying to eat more intuitively you may feel really unsure of how to trust your body's signals while also you know reconciling the fact that your body is clearly telling you chips or donuts or those salty sweet combinations even though you know that those aren't necessarily the best thing for your body to have, but those signals are really loud. So it can feel a lot of times that we just have no self-control, no willpower. But is that really the case or is there something bigger going on? And so I want to start by talking about what are cravings? Where do they come from? Why do we have them? At the highest level, cravings are hunger cues. Cravings are signals from our gut that it's short on fuel. And what's really interesting is that what you crave is really a reflection of your current microbiome. And this is really the key to understanding cravings. Because even though your body might be giving you the signal that you want sugar or you want salty things or you want alcohol or whatever it is that your go-to craving is, it's not to say that that's what your body intuitively needs. Like where that's really coming from is the microorganisms that live in your microbiome are really good at sending your body signals to let you know that they need fuel. So these organisms send signals through the vagal nerve to tell your brain that this is what they need to survive. And that most often is sugar or those quick carbs that are immediately turned into sugar in your bloodstream. And so not only can they make certain foods taste more appealing to you, based on the the interaction with neurotransmitters so that you crave more, you want more, but they can even create toxicity in your gut that affects your neurotransmitters such as serotonin, which in turn affect your mood until you eat it. There's such a direct connection between your gut and your brain through the vagal nerve and this this connection between how you feel and, and what you eat and the health of your microbiome. And the point of all of this is to say that first off, it's not your fault that these cravings feel so strong or that you feel like you can't avoid the craving because it's literally your body having this interaction to create sensations that make it feel impossible not to eat the foods. 
So really the question becomes, what do I do about this, right? Is there anything you can do? Is it so far out of your control that you're stuck with it? And the answer to that is no. One thing that's really important is if you're adjusting the foods that you're eating to be more healthy, whole foods, it's going to change the composition of your microbiome and the microorganisms that are there. And so then the cravings that you have and the foods that are going to satisfy those cravings will change. And the good news is the microbiome can change pretty quickly. The other thing that's important is knowing how your caloric needs change across each phase of your cycle so that you can plan ahead to support your body through those changes. And that's going to make those those signals and those cravings quieter and feel more intuitive. And that happens in a couple ways. First, by knowing what your caloric needs are and planning ahead for them, you can set yourself up to keep your blood sugar stable to make sure that you're preparing meals or factoring in the additional snack and things so that you don't get to the point where you're so hungry that your body's like, I need this quick fix as opposed to complex carbs. So those things that are still going to help boost that serotonin that you're looking for to feel better, but it's going to do so in a more sustainable way. However, when you start this process, there's definitely going to be a transition period where you're adjusting the foods that you're eating, you're doing this gut health process, but it may not feel intuitive. So the idea of listening to your body signals when it comes to food, especially if those are turned off, this can be especially true if you've been in a pattern of disordered eating for a long time. I experienced that for a long time where my stress response was one, super sensitive, and two, would immediately turn off my appetite. So me listening to my body was like, well, I don't feel hungry, so I'm not going to eat, or I'm going to eat a very small portion. Understanding when you have these patterns of disordered eating, even if they're not kind of quote-unquote eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia, you can still have a relationship with food that's not very intuitive. And so switching that perspective to intentional eating can really serve you better. And that intentional approach is understanding that the signals that your body is giving you come in the form of this this useful knowledge to say that your body needs something. An intentional approach is really powerful because it incorporates a top-down element to the way that you go about eating and interpreting your body signals. So if it's purely bottom up, it's waiting for your body to tell you you're hungry. It's waiting for your body to tell you what it is that it wants to eat. But if you have disordered eating, these intuitive signals may not be that helpful. The intentional approach allows more of a top-down perspective. So you can interpret any signals that come up. So if it's cravings, it could be like, okay, like I haven't provided my body enough calories today. And you can then make a choice of what are you going to give your body in order to stabilize your blood sugar. If your body is craving something sweet, maybe you're craving chocolate, you can then take this top down and intentional approach to say, chocolate is what my body wants. Chocolate's delicious. Chocolate also can have health benefits. But when you choose the type of chocolate that you're eating, so if you're choosing a Hershey's bar that has tons of refined sugar, super processed, versus choosing a higher quality dark chocolate, the response for you is going to be so different, as well as the quantity that you're going to eat. Making these intentional choices allows you to kind of be a little bit more in control of your eating habits. And again, it's about knowing how to interpret the signals. 
The intentional approach also helps if you have zero appetite because the intentional approach says like, I know that my body needs fuel. I know that my body needs this type of fuel to be healthiest, to feel its best and to get back into a healthy relationship with food. And so you can then make these choices of how do I get myself back on track? How do I take care of my body? Even if it's sending me these signals that it's not hungry, it doesn't want to eat, what can I do? Maybe it's choosing smaller portions and eating more frequently or choosing you know, one main meal, focusing on one meal that you want to eat consistently and you sit down and do some breathing and mindfulness to bring you to the present moment before you eat to help support yourself in that process. So let's talk a little bit about how we can practically get started on repairing this process and how to start making the shift away from these intense, you know, impossible to fight cravings to having those cravings be a little bit more subtle, those cravings to be easier to interpret and easier to make intentional choices from. And so the biggest thing to understand is that denying cravings, like, you know this, it doesn't really work. You don't need to feel bad about that. That's not a lack of of willpower. It's literally everything, you know, in your body working towards this goal of having you cave to this craving. So the idea is to shift what the goal is. It's not to like hold out, deny their cravings, don't give in, you know, be stronger. It's to make intentional choices. How can you choose to meet that need that your body is clearly and maybe very loudly communicating? So the first way that you can start thinking about this is planning for your cravings. Know what it is that your body is going to want. And how can you set yourself up to do a little bit better than what your standard is? You know, if you're craving chocolate, you can choose to get a higher quality chocolate. And understand that you can change your palate and your taste buds. So choose the darkest chocolate that you can handle right now. That kind of meets that need. It hits that craving. And work over a series of months to try and get that further and further away from the high refined sugar and and forms that are just have less nutritional value. If you're always craving something salty, like think about, you know, is there a particular nut that you like or a nut butter or seeds that you can also incorporate to meet that need for the saltiness or maybe the crunchiness without eating the bag of chips? Or what is something that you can combine? Something that I started out doing was I really liked and craved pretzels, and so I would combine pretzels with a nut butter. And that helped where it it allowed me to bridge the gap of this is what my body wants, these pretzels, and I know that my body needs more than this simple carb in order to have stable blood sugar, to have a better mood to sustain me across this day. And so adding in a nut butter that, you know, has the higher fat content the and more protein and, and nutrients than the pretzels on their own to really help me to start that practice of supporting my body. And it really starts that simple. You know, you think about what's one step up from what you're currently doing and start there. Your microbiome will change. Your taste buds will change over time. But if you're going to force yourself to try and cold turkey, cut out everything that's bad for you, 
or cold turkey introduce all of these whole foods and vegetables and salads that maybe is not your diet, not your current starting point, your brain is going to freak out. Your body's going to freak out. You're not going to feel better. You're literally going to feel worse because your microbiome and all those microorganisms are telling your brain that you're sad and depressed because they're literally dying. And so you can make that process easier and smoother for yourself by slowing it down, by taking baby steps and giving yourself permission to take the baby steps. The health journey and this journey kind of back to yourself and trusting your body and being able to live more intuitively, start small and taking those baby steps is actually going to get you where you want to go versus getting yourself in this shame loop of cold turkey, you know, willpowering through and maybe you're successful for a couple days and then you find yourself binge eating or you find yourself, you know, going days without a proper meal and wondering why you're lashing out at people or you have no energy to get out of bed. There's other reasons as well. But the reason to really talk about cravings and food and how these interact with your mood is that there are some just baseline support that your body needs in order to feel its best, in order to function optimally. And if you're not doing that bare minimum, additional things that you might add on top, like supplementing, can only go so far. So if you're in menstrual phase right now, I would encourage you to start a food diary, not to get super crazy or to keep track all month, but write down like what are the things you crave and what are the your go-tos to meet that craving. If you're not yet in menstrual phase, think about what are those things that you constantly crave, what are the things that you find yourself always caving for, and think about what's one step up from that. What's one thing you can either add into that or a replacement that you can make that will help that craving and that that go-to fix support you a little bit more. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or wherever you listen, and be sure to share with someone who could also benefit from this information. And if you want to learn more about how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to BriannaVegas.com or find me on Instagram at Coaching.